Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. Listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for an interview episode as we get closer and closer to our coverage of 24. Very excited for today's guest because uh, this is quite a prominent character in 24 that this actor played. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of who this is and what we're talking about today, I'll start off by saying my name is Ben and I have a brother who I shot too. <laughs> and my name is Colin and I am not up for a game of Russian roulette. I have to say that doing my name is on interviews doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> um, just... Just saying, uh, we don't really plan this. Um, Joachim Del Maida is who we're speaking to today. Now, he played Ramon Salazar in the third season of 24. Colin, you got very excited when I told you that we had uh, we got this interview lined up because you're, you're a big fan of the Salazar storyline in season three. Yeah, you know, we've talked before uh, off air, like long before we started covering 24 uh, and season three comes up, which, you know, we sort of mentioned on this uh, interview is not necessarily the most loved season of 24, but you're a massive fan of it. And especially for the Salazars, I mean, I would rank, I would say the first eight to 10 episodes, maybe even the first half of the season as maybe some of the best stuff 24 ever done, almost solely because of the Salazars. And I was a huge fan of uh, Joaquin De La Meda even before this you know, show aired, before he signed on to it, which was even more exciting. Hey, we've got this huge villain, this huge actor playing a huge villain on there. It was always great for me. Well, you're going to hear in just a moment when I uh, do the introduction here, some of the other roles he's very well known for. And it's a great chat here with Joachim. He talks a little bit about how he'd never really done much TV before. And this is sort of still in that age when it wasn't a, a big thing for certain movie actors to do TV. And working with Kiefer, we learned that from Ross. That was a bit of a drinking story. Well, there's another drinking story with Kiefer as well. <laughs> and we're not trying to throw Kiefer under the bus and saying that he's just a raging alcoholic. We're just, he had a reputation in the 2000s. So we're just having a bit of fun with it. Um, and plenty of other great stuff to learn here. But uh, here is our chat with the esteemed, the amazing, the awesome Mr. Joachim Del Maida. It's a massive pleasure to be able to welcome our next guest here to the Oz Network as we continue our preview coverage, essentially, of getting to our 24 episodes in the lead up to releasing our uh, recaps of all the 24 seasons, speaking to some actors who appeared in the show. Our next guest, you might know him from such films as Desperado, Clear and Present Danger, The Fast and the Furious Five. But we're not here to talk to him about those today. We're here to talk to him about his role as a certain character called Ramon Salazar in the third season of 24. Now, those, of course, who are big fans of 24 will remember Mr. Salazar is a bit of a 
prickly character, somebody who liked to take things into his own hands, somebody who got broken out of jail, killed a couple of people straight away, gave Jack a bit of mischief before ultimately dying at about the halfway point when we realised, hey, no, he's not the big bad. But he gave us enough on screen that we loved every single moment of it. I do, of course, speak of the one, the only, Mr. Joachim Delmater, who joins us now. Joachim, first of all, mate, it's a massive pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure being here. I mean, I haven't talked about uh, 24 in a while, though. I have to admit, I had the sh- shoulder surgery uh, recently in, in November, and um, the anesthesiologist, she was, she said, I haven't seen you in many other things, but I remember you from 24. Wow. And it's kind of uh, weird being treating you now here as a doctor. And I said, well, do I scare you? I said, that's what I mean. <laughs> so you just didn't have was, a virus or anything to give her, I hope, just, you know, that day. No, like, I know no, it's no, a no, pandemic at the moment. Gee, there but... you go. Exactly. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was the whole thing about the virus. There you go. It's coming full circle. 18 years later, it's kind of like, hey, this is, you know, this is, very familiar to when you were on 24. <laughs> exactly. See? No, but that, it, yeah, because, you know, when you were doing the show, I mean, you know, massive amount of people would come to you, especially the, wanting to know what was going on after, you know. We had to, to we had to, to write papers, sign papers saying we wouldn't tell anybody what was the, the outcome of the show. To start with, they could ask me because I wouldn't know from one show to the other what was going to happen next. You know, it was a kind of, that's there you go. Very hard to 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 plan how to do the character when you don't know what's going to happen to your character. They don't know. They're writing it along as as, as you go, uh, till one day you get a you know you get a call from the producer saying, guys, we don't know anymore what to do with your characters. We got to kill them, and and we we knew because we signed for twelve episodes, so we knew we were somewhere around there. We had to be killed, but. Uh, but that, that's, we didn't know. Which, I mean, had you been much of a fan of the first two series? Had you watched the first two seasons at all before you signed on to the third? My daughter, I had a daughter, so my, my daughter was born uh, right around when they called me. I was in Portugal, actually. I was spending time in Portugal because my, my two sons are from two different mothers, but two, both Portuguese. And I would spend time there, and then they would travel with me when I was working, going places. Um, then I was living in New York, but I was in Portugal when they called me, and I I, I, I hadn't seen the 24. So I said, wait a minute. So I found it when 24 was playing on uh, Channel 2 in Portugal. So I, I watched it, and uh, I, I was very pleased with, with what I had seen. So uh, I was very happy to be the, the main bad guy for the, for the next season. Uh, but I, I literally, when they called me, my agent called me to to tell me you have an offer to do um, twelve episodes on 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 season three. I I I, I hadn't seen it, so I watched it once. I was given the you know when I, when the offer came in, and I, I definitely said yes. I uh, I was very happy with all new concept, the way they shot, you know, a lot of camera work, hand hand held camera work, and. Uh, so I like the concept a lot, and that's what's made me want to do it. 
And, you know, we've talked a lot about this show about the way the 24 structures. You have the villains for the first handful of episodes, then you have another villain, then you have another. Uh, the following season after yours, they actually went the route of just keeping one villain for the whole season. But as you said, you signed on for 12 episodes, but they didn't necessarily tell you, you know, oh, we're this is where we're going with your character. Was there some type of contingency if they had decided I, I, to keep I, you on? I actually may, may have signed for 10 episodes and we lasted 12. I think that's what it was, 10 episodes, mm. and then we did 12. Uh, but after the 10 episodes, we knew, okay, any day we're going to get a call. Because yeah. the, me and my brother, something's going to happen. <laughs> so he died first because I killed him. You <laughs> did. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, it, it's I, I didn't – so the next – see, it's too bad because I guess they learned that wasn't bad to have a, a, one bad guy for the whole season. Mm-hmm. But uh, they hadn't planned it at the time. Which so, um, must make it interesting. You're mentioning about sort of, you know, tricky to get fully into your character because, again, you're only certainly getting certain things told to you at the same time. So what, what when you first do the first episode that you're on, how how do you find yourself? You're in prison. You, you know, you've, you've got a bit of a background well, with Jack they Bauer. Give you a little ba- they give you a little background about what, why you are in prison, at least, yeah. you know, <laughs> and what you have done. And, uh, and uh, I mean, and right there in the first... I, I I I killed the lawyer. I mean, I, I, do. I stick. I don't know if I kill him, but I stick a pen on on his neck. You just like killing people. Uh, That's all you do in yeah. this show. Kill everyone. Yeah. So, so the thing was it was all like, I mean, you knew the guy. The guy wasn't all 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 together there. Uh, but we the the problem is it, it's it's always hard. But it happens with a lot of series that we don't know where the characters are going. Uh, I. I've done another series, and I, I have this. It's you know, uh, this last series I done. All of a sudden, I start as a cardinal, and then I'm told, at a certain point, I realize I'm becoming pope. And I said, wait a minute, <laughs> I wish they told me that. But the only thing they told me was, no, but you aren't the bad guy. So <laughs> in that series, at least you know that you know, not an evil because, pope. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because the cardinal, you know, you were supposed to believe that he's the bad guy, and then he's not. Now here, you know, you are the bad guy. The problem is you don't know. You you didn't know, and they don't know. They're developing the characters. They don't know how far they can go with them, and where where are they going? They're riding them along. I mean, we had maybe two or three episodes, but they didn't give us the episodes in advance. To tell you the truth. We, we got them short, very, you know, we kept, they kept coming. And at the time, you know, we didn't use the internet so much. Uh, uh, and it was tough because I would go to work. I get downstairs and, and all of a sudden the, the security would hand me out an envelope that was dropped uh, the night before. And I open it and it's these new, new lines for the day. And you go, wow. oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and you go, you, as you drive out, you know, you're looking at them and you're memorizing them because, okay, new line. Today, it's also much easier, you know, we get the line, I mean, we get them at least on, on the computer and you, you're able to print them out, whatever, but then at the time, no. So they would drop them in the middle of the night and that's it, then you get them in the morning and here, here we go, changes, you know, so it, but it was a great show to work with, to work on, you know. Um, thank God uh, Kiefer Sutherland told me, listen, uh, at a certain point, I mean, you, you, I think you're going to be jumped out of prison. So 
and uh, make sure you know when you when you get to you know if you're gonna get to the house you know get a jacket because then we're gonna start shooting night and it's gonna be freezing <laughs> and you know and you need a jacket make sure you take a jacket otherwise you're gonna freeze your ass for the rest of the show <laughs> and it, it was thank god thank god you told me that Smart because keeper. So then we were in the middle of the night, shooting <laughs> night all the time, and God, was it cold. Something like that at night becomes below zero, you know. So... I I think also with, uh, as opposed to the villains in the first two seasons, I mean, your your screen presence was very constant for the, the episodes you did. So I have to imagine that the shooting schedule was, you know, quite insane compared to what other villains had. You know, what was the typical episode shoot like, like as far as the amount of days, how much prep you had before you had to start shooting? Oh, well, uh, well, the first, the first, the first, I, I you know, they give us uh, the first episode when I left, uh, you know, I came to 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 LA uh, via New York because uh, to do the show, I I had the, like a week to prepare the show, and I, you know, and I had that big big scenes of you know with the lawyer and then with him and the whole thing, so that was a big, uh, you know speech and so i had the time but then we, like i said they would change them at uh, you know we, we we sometimes had to learn the lines for the next day or for for the same day because they had some changes but i i never felt too pressure you know also i have to admit i mean 18 years ago my memory was much better than it is today yeah. i mean that's another thing we all <laughs> know is that with age the memory doesn't get much better it gets maybe worse but not better but um, no, but it, it was. Uh, I I I kind of prefer, you know, when I don't like the waiting around much. So the the, the great the great thing about twenty four is that it, with that character is that I was a lot there. I was present there a lot, and the, the first part of it we were in prison. I mean. Uh, the, 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 a lot of the scenes with Kiefer and then, you know, we, till we escape and all. So it was it was pretty intense. It was good. And then uh, t- towards the end, the same. But, you know, it was was, was fun to have that, uh, to be that busy. You know, you don't you don't want to wait around. You want to work. You want to, you know, if you got to be there, you better, <laughs> you might as well work. You want to be running uh, around and, with, you know, getting shot at and kind of doing all the action things on 24, right? You don't want to be working for the president and just sitting in an office handing envelopes. You want to be doing, you know, be, like getting out there, getting involved. It's more fun. It's more fun. And the thing, uh, what got tough, like I told you sometimes, was towards, you know, we would shoot two episodes in 15 days. Mm. In three weeks, you know, because three times five. Uh, and towards the end, we had to finish those episodes. So uh, we had long days. I remember having 16 hour days, those, those were long, those are, those are tough. Um, but you know, you're so involved in it that, but it's tough when you start doing a scene uh, where you have like quite four pages of dialogue at six in the morning and you know, you're going, God, I can't know. <laughs> you have a good breakfast before that to make sure you're up and ready well, to go, right? You have to finish. They have to make sure that we finish then, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then we go and have a scotch before we went to bed. <laughs> but everybody, everybody, yeah, at the hotel, everybody was having breakfast. We were having a scotch before going to bed. 
Well, I need to ask yeah. about that. We, we had Ross McCall on recently and um, we sort of got on the topic of, of having a drink or two, particularly with Kiefer, because we know Kiefer's got a bit of a reputation with that. I mean, do you, do you have any uh, any of those scotches happen to be shared with Kiefer after a long, any, any drinking oh, stories yeah, with Kiefer? Oh, yeah, we keep a lot, yeah. And man, Kiefer, and I say, okay, Kiefer, I think I'm going to go up. I say, oh, I'll go too. So he's bringing the scotch, then we'll, <laughs> he will sit in front of my, we would sit on all, he kept talking, so we would sit on the floor in front of the room, talking and drinking. Still, I said, "Man, I think I gotta go to sleep now," because <laughs> I would sleep till like one o'clock, and then drive home to Santa Monica, change clothing and everything, and then drive back there right after because wow. uh, I didn't want to get the traffic again. Yeah. So. It's, it's, you know, those were the long days. Colin, but we're yeah. finding this a new segment. Every time we've got a guest on, it's kind of drinking stories with Kiefer. This is a thing now. Two out of two are getting good stories with drinking with Kiefer. I like this. No, no. Kiefer no. likes his drink, and I like my drink. And, uh, you know, we did it after after work. And um, sometimes, you know, went to his house too. You know, I didn't live that close from his house, but we, we ended up in his house a few times too. So, yeah, no, but you know, it was, uh, but Kiefer was amazing because he, he, he you know, even with the, his, his liking to drink, he was always there, man. He was very professional. He was always, um, you know, on top of the, of, of, of the show. He, I mean, especially because he was in almost in every scene, so. And season three actually is the first one, I think, that broke away as far as locations go from Los Angeles. I mean, fictional locations go. But from what I understand, it was all filmed in Los Angeles. Uh, do you remember where you filmed or what changes they made no, for the found, Mexico we, scenes? We, we didn't go that far from Los Angeles, but, you know, we went to Santa Clarita, which is uh, horse country. Uh, it's really cold at night because, you know, horse country that was stolen from the desert. So it's... it's the, what you're really going at night is desert, you know, it's that, that cold from the desert. So, but, uh, and that's the, the, I can't remember exactly where my house was, but, you know, all those locations were a little farther out of, you know, out of, out of Los Angeles, but not that far out, 50 miles maybe. Uh, enough for us to have to stay at night at the hotel because couldn't, couldn't drive back with the, with, with the, with the, with traffic. But otherwise, no, we didn't go too too far. Um, but the days, yeah. The, I, but you know, I have I had a, a good recollection. I mean, I I was pretty busy on that show. I've I've been in other shows that you wait around a lot. On that show, I remember we we you know we were there to work a lot. It was fun to to do that. One of the most iconic scenes, um, particularly sort of throughout before the prison break when you're still in prison and Jack's kind of there, was the Russian roulette scene. Such a such a great scene. Do you, do you remember kind of going into that and, and reading that for the first time and, and, you know, going through the tension of going into a game of Russian roulette with Jack Bauer? Um Listen, everything everything on that show, you know, was was surprising all the time, mm-hmm. uh, especially the way they shot, which I adored. You know, the the, the main camera, you, you you always worked for the camera that was handheld, and he would he, this this cameraman was just incredible. He would fly sometimes in front of you with, you know, because he'd be sitting on a little, uh, ban- uh, you know, 
little chair that that brought kind of skates. I mean, I don't know, wheels. And it goes, <laughs> but that's the camera we worked with was the, the, the handheld camera. Um, now the Russian roulette scene, uh, yeah, well, that was a pretty intense scene, but uh, I didn't think anything was uh, was was strange on that on that show, you know. Anything, anything, anything can happen. Basically, you're, you're you're not surprised when all of a sudden you have to play Russian roulette with Jack. But that, that's just normal. No, that's a Tuesday. No, no, hey, listen, <laughs> made it more exciting. If anything, you know. Yeah. Which it, it was, it was a great, like, it's seriously, like, out of all, you know, a lot of what happens sort of throughout those initial moments, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's always great when Jack gets backed into a corner, when the audience is literally thinking there's nowhere out of this, like, Jack is screwed here, like, what is going on? And, I mean, you basically team up with the guy to get out, and then next minute he's holding a gun to your head and he's <laughs> shouting in your ear, basically saying, like, go away, I need to take this guy or 100,000 people are going to die. So, again, full throttle, it's, it's non-stop. There you go, and we had we already were previewing, you know, viruses. You know, we were, we were <laughs> much more ahead than anybody else. You know, uh, at the time when you think about it, actually at the time it seemed very, very uh, far out idea that that mm. thing of the virus. You know, yeah. but now yeah. that we we're going through this, it doesn't seem that that far out at all. You know. Yeah. Now, uh, I was wondering about the actor that plays your brother, um, because, I mean, aside from, you know, you playing the main villain, I guess you could say, I wouldn't necessarily call him a henchman. You guys were almost dual uh, villains in the, the first half of the season. Uh, do you have any good stories about the actor? I'm trying to remember his name here. Uh, Vincent, Vincent Arrest. Yeah, yeah, who played Hector. I mean, you two guys were just phenomenal together. Yeah, Vin, you know, it was funny because... When we first met, I said, well, we got to have different mothers or different fathers. Only. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, what do you mean? I said, no, because I, I don't think, we, you know, I, I don't know. It, it looks like we, <laughs> we, it, has, it has to be one of those things. Uh, and and we, we got along pretty, very much, very well. And, you know, we had fun. And uh, I remember that my dilemma when, when I finally had to to kill him at the end, you know, and um, the, when they first gave us the scenes, I didn't like it at all. What 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 was? It sounded over dramatic. It sounded like very soap operas. And I talked to Kiefer. Said Kiefer, look at the scenes. I mean, this doesn't make. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. Can we do something about the scenes? And Kiefer went and talked to the to the to the to the producers and the writers, and. Um, you know, they, they they got back to us and said, "So what? Do, what do you guys? What do you feel would be?" I don't know. I feel that if I'm killing him, is because he's stealing. He's trying to steal my business. It's nothing because of of some woman or whatever. It was a, a whole thing like that, you know. And I said, "No, it has to be." And you know, it's and it's not like it's easy for me to do it. Actually, I remember I cried in the scene after shooting him. You know, there's a, there's a tear coming down. I think because I feel, I mean. That's what I wanted. I wanted to make it real. I mean, there's a thing. He's stealing my. He's trying to steal my business, and either if if I if I allow, if I allow him, then I'm going to be the one gone. So I had to find a reason to 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 do it. So it, that was the good thing of of 24 too. Every time I had problems with the, with certain scenes, 
you know, I'd go talk to Joel, the, the you know, one of the main writers and the producer, you know, and or to John, you know, the director, and say, listen, this doesn't work for me. And they would be very open to discuss with you alternatives. So I think that's why the work, the, the, the show works so well, in a way, is that they, they, they really listen to the actors too and, and allow us to do some changes. Right. Uh, which were, I thought that, that was good. Were there Especially any other ones that you remember that you sort of had a say in that kind of changed up slightly? You weren't too happy with originally? No, sometimes I had problems. We, we, you know, sometimes they write. We have, I mean, if, if Vincent didn't have an accent, but he was doing an accent to, to sound like me. And uh, and if you have an accent, there are certain things that are hard for you to say. That, that, or I would say, listen, a guy, a guy that's not born in this country will never use this kind of words. I mean, and they would say, listen, okay, I need you to say this because it's important for what comes later. But other than what you can say it the way you want, as long as you, you put you, you say that, you know, which was good because I, I felt that give me, you see, you don't want an actor fighting with his words, you know, it's uh, because then all you think about is your words. Uh, and what you, think, you should be thinking about is what your, your actions are. So that in that, in that reason, in the, I remember that happened here and there, and um, Joel Sarnow, Sarnow, I think. Sarnow, yeah, correct. The, he was very open about that. He said, "Listen, what would you rather say? What you, you know?" And uh, they would help you with that. So that was good because that made you feel much, you know, made you feel first much more a part of the show, and secondly, it gave you, it made you feel more comfortable. I've been in other shows where. They, they they don't want you to change uh, certain things, and you, even if you tell them, listen, it's just not easy for me to say it that way, you know. Oh, and then, then you know they, they make a big fuss, and you ended up okay. Listen, I'll find a way to say it, you know. So, no, but I have very good. You see, also when twenty four, when I accepted to do twenty four, I didn't do much television then. You know, I did. I had so many movies, one after the other, if not here in Europe, you know. So. My thing was doing films. I wasn't much of a, I didn't like much TV shows also because of the, a lot of the TV shows, you know, it's, I mean, the structure, the way you had to work, you know, a lot of, a lot of lines all the time. It seems like you never had time to prepare. Um, I didn't feel that with the show. And I really enjoyed working on the show. I thought also, we shot 35 millimeters then. Mm. We shot the Panavision. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. I was amazed that I said we were shooting film. Um, it, it felt much, very much like we were doing film, uh, and that that really gave me a, that really you know made me like start liking. Uh, I could see also if you remember, Twenty Four was the first show that came was sold as 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 a, as. A, they started selling the all season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, never had that. The distribution, the yeah. Show. Which we, when we've talked a lot about also, um, I mean, DVDs at that time, that was TV shows and DVDs coming out. So a lot of people were binging 24. This was before Netflix and, you know, Hulu and these things where you can just sit down on a weekend and binge your favorite no, show. Exactly. You were buying DVDs. The dawn of binging. Yeah. And they would sell the whole show, you know, yeah. the, the first season, the second season, the third season. That for me was a novelty too. And I thought that really helped the show. 
you know, because uh, I, I knew, and in Portugal, my country, for example, I remember they showed in one weekend, they showed season one, season two, and season three. Right. So people binged. Yeah. It was a, and also that everybody, they call me and say, man, it's raining here. We all watching this. Yeah. <laughs> Fun weekend. <laughs> yeah. Let's go watch the whole, the whole thing. So it was, you know, it, because you had that possibility. None, no other show before had done that. So I thought that, you know, and there was a beginning and the end of the season. And then there's the next season, something else. But that, I, I thought... And the fact that we shot 35 millimeters, I mean, it was very much, it felt very much like doing cinema, you know? So um, after that, yeah, hey, uh, all the actors that didn't do TV at the time, you know, we all started doing TV because uh, <laughs> there wasn't many, I mean, there are much less films out there to do. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more TV there to do. Um, so there we go. I mean, just this morning on the phone with friends because they want me to do a show there, you know, starting in November. So TV now is the, is, is, is the thing, I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about how when 24 started, Kiefer Sutherland doing a television show was considered at the time, this is one of the biggest stars to ever sign on to TV. And as you said, you'd mostly done film. So this was sort of one of the early shows that that kind of brought television to the A-list status of movies. No, exactly, completely. And, and, and it was shot like a movie. You felt like when you were doing, you were shooting like a film. Uh, I mean, it, it was kind of weird to see uh, this, that, to think about it now that we were shooting film, they were shooting 35 millimeter film. Um, because today, I, I mean, I, I don't think people could even start to imagine what it would be to do a, a series today uh, shooting film, you know? Uh, I don't know for how long did they shoot film on that on the series. Because they went eight eight seasons or, or how many seasons did they? Go? Eight official. They they kind of brought it back for a shortened season, which we refer to as season nine, and then they did a reboot. So if you want to be technical, there's ten seasons, and a, they did a TV movie as well. Oh, you're talking about the reboot, there, but yeah, they, they did. I mean, Legacy and then Live Another Day, which I mean, Legacy's kind of separate. Live Another Day technically was season nine because it was continuing on with Jack, and then yeah, they did Redemption, which was like a TV movie Spin during off. the right during the writer strike. They did like a little short yeah, TV. Movie. I imagine that in the later seasons, they must have changed from. Yeah, from well, see, a season like Living Land of the Day and Legacy were both only twelve episodes as well, so they kind of toyed a little bit with the real time format. Kind of got a bit looser with it, but um, yeah, not as the, the full eight full structured twenty four episode seasons until it got cancelled. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sort of that way. Which I mean, one thing actually I'd like to touch on. I, I love kind of hearing how each actor kind of worked with that real-time format. Do do you find it a challenge? Like, is it something that initially, you know, there's a lot of kind of strictness around this is in real time, you've got to do it this way, or does it kind of fall by the wayside a little bit and they kind of are a little bit loose over that real-time format on some occasions? Well, I never, well, dramatically it worked well without you having to think about the hour. I think the only one that had to be more preoccupied about the, the hour was... Kiefer, you know, because he had a lot of things happen for him in the 24 hours. Um, for us, it seemed, you know, we were there for that amount of time. 
yeah, sometimes, yeah, it seems a little convoluted that how, 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 how all these things are happening in such a short time, mm-hmm. right? Um, don't you want to think about it? You know, it was 24 hours, right? Yeah. So uh, a lot of things happened in, in each hour of those 24. It was, uh, but uh, I think Kiefer was the one who had more, uh, you know, had to worry more about that. We didn't feel so. I didn't. I didn't feel so much that I had to worry about the. You know, we are in the next hour. With the, you know, it kind of got you it's, after a while. Yeah. A lot, Jack's desperate. Jack's desperate. He's yelling at people. He's got. A, he's got. The, he's got shit to do. You've just got to get out of jail. That's it. That's all you care about. Jack's got shit to do. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he kept having shit to do. You know. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I just, I just want to, I just want to have a reboot, like a reboot of Jack's day off. What does Jack do when he's got nothing to do? <laughs> like it's, it's eleven a.m. Reading Makes the paper, breakfast, <laughs> picks up the grandkids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Checks exactly. his email, um, <laughs> sees what's happening down the street. Uh, you, obviously, you mentioned you're in twelve episodes. Uh, Ramon goes out by basically getting blown up by a bomb. It's not the virus. Um, I mean, you've played plenty of bad guys over the years, Joachim. You've gone out in plenty of different ways. How do you rate getting blown up by a bomb that was supposedly a virus? I mean, is that one of your favourite ways that one of your characters have been killed off? Yeah, well, it was actually easier because you you didn't have to figure out a way to fall Mm -hmm. because it's an explosion that happens and you can't be there, you know? Yeah. So... It's just that moment before it all happens that it's it, it, it was the tough part. But you know, but it, it was it was kind of weird because it's like okay, it's a new way of dying, which is kind of cool because it's a new way of dying because you're tired of trying to find out oh, how am I going to die this this time. <laughs> but um, hey, at a certain time was also I, I don't have to figure if, I, if I'm going to fall this way if I'm going to. You know, many shots. Or, hey, it was, that's it. You go, Done. and that's, that's the explosion. <laughs> and you imagine you are blown to pieces. What doesn't give you a chance to come back? Yeah. You know, I, I thought maybe that they could have had me come back without the knife, without, you know, an arm. <laughs> Kind of, like, been, kind of like a Breaking Bad half face kind of thing, right? Where you've got like your yeah, skull exposed. That'd be like, yeah, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening yeah. in the new James Bond movie, right? Rami Malek's got a mask. They could do that with Salazar. Why not? Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no one's ever yeah. really dead. You didn't see the body. That's the rule, isn't it? I mean, Tony came back. Exactly. <laughs> I thought about it. I said, well, he, you don't know if he's really, hey, exactly. Yeah. He could have just been blown. Uh, and not die, you know, whatever. But you were killed, you were killed. <laughs> I, I still think, you know, a lot of people come and say, listen, you were one of the greatest villains on 24, you know, they, that they enjoyed very much uh, season three, you know, that was, and uh, I had a good time playing season, you know, Ramon Salazar. And, you know, Vincent uh, was a good help, you know, to have to, the, the story between the two, the two brothers, that uh, that made it more interesting. So, uh, hey, it was fun. Now, when you're uh, finished, I mean, obviously you finished filming probably before a lot of these episodes air. When your episodes are done airing, did you continue to watch the rest of the season or are you just on to another project, not even time to watch? 
Tell you the truth, I didn't. I didn't even watch. <laughs> you lived you know, it. <laughs> I watched it like a year later. The whole thing. I don't like oh, to watch. Wow. My, I'm not a. You know, I remember Michael Caine when I, when I, f I first worked with him in 1982, and he'd say, "Why am I going to watch it? I know what I did. What I'm going to watch is not what is what I'm seeing is not what was in my head. So I can't do it." And I said, "Is exactly how I feel." You know. I have to get some time and then I'm a spectator. And then it's like there's somebody else out there doing the thing. I always had a hard time watching myself right right after. Um, either I watch it at the moment, you know, uh, to see, or I, sometimes I would ask the director, can I, can I, can I see this to see? Because the, the, there's something I want to, I want to see at the moment or, or, you know, once is they put it all together, I need the distance. Mm. So I think I watched the, the, the whole the whole season three like a year later. Nice. Which must make it interesting because, I mean, you know, you talk about how you get a lot of feedback about how, you know, people say you're one of the greatest villains. The great thing about season three is that it, I always think season three gets overlooked as one of the great seasons because it is really a great season. And you've got such a bookend of great villains. You know, you've got you, the Salazar storyline with, with yourself and Vince in that first half. And then you bring in Paul for um, for Saunders in the later half. And he's one of my favorite villains. Like, I love kind of what Saunders does in that second half. So oh, yeah, it's he, such he a... After, yeah, yeah. yeah he was like the big bad kind of like the reveal around at that point so it's such a strong season for the villains and you know as colin obviously said before kind of they changed it up next season by sort of making it sort of a one season villain but yes at least for the first three seasons 24 was known for kind of having your first arc villain your second arc villain your third arc villain and you obviously played that very well for the first half and then ultimately you got to see what paul did with saunders for the second half eventually so kind of Strange in that way that you never got to see that until you saw it like a year later. <laughs> no, yeah, but no, exactly. But that's the because I I wasn't going to watch the, the the rest of the season without having watched my part. Mm -hmm. So I, it took me. I watched it a year later, and that's the way it was. But you know, I I still have. Uh, I was looking up there. You know, I still have. Uh, I still have. Uh, I'm just looking at uh, a thing there. No stromo. Oh God. I, that's five hours of TV miniseries I've never watched. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> One of them I never watched. <laughs> you know, I have films I've never watched. So it's, there you go. And then uh, we get your podcast host bringing you here to try to remember. <laughs> Was I in 24? Was I, what, did I do that? <laughs> no, because the fun thing is to do it, you know. Mm. Um, and, you know, there are parts I, you know, some things I've watched, some others I didn't. Um and, but that's the way it goes, you know. Uh, if, I, I, I have more fun doing it than, than watching it, you know. Well, Ben uh, mentioned at the. It was just to say, Ben mentioned at the top. I mean, you had Fast and Furious. I just recently rewatched Fast Five. Clear and Present Danger. I've always said that the Jack Ryan books is kind of what got me into reading like real novels growing up, and then Desperado as well. I mean, you, you're one of the great villains of like a whole generation here. Um, Desperado, especially, I, I was curious about uh, because I think that's where uh, I might have seen that even before Clear and Present Danger. Uh, that was sort of like a, a weird sequel slash reboot, maybe one of the first examples of like a reboot uh, and El Mariachi obviously you know very low budget movie D even though it's technically kind of a reboot and separate thing did you have a chance to see El Mariachi before you did Desperado? I didn't have a chance to see because you know uh, 
uh, Raul Julio was going to do the part, and he went into a coma. I was in Portugal. They called me and they asked me, "Can you be in four days in El Rio, Texas?" I said, "Oh wow!" I mean, I had met I had met uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez. I had read the script. I said, "What? I mean, oof, that that guy has a lot of to, to a lot of speeches and a lot of." I said, "No problem." I'll go. I'll be, tell them to give me the script when I get to New York. On uh, you know, when I come out, I'll meet somebody. Give me the script, and then I'll, I'll be reading it on the way to San Antonio. So I got there, and Robert Rodriguez thanked me for coming, and showed me. I just want to show you to get to, for you to get a feeling of the film. He showed me the bar scene, and where Antonio is shooting everybody, and I said, "Okay, I get it." So I'm not bad. I'm real bad. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and I got it. And that's that's what I played. And 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 Robert would go, okay, now we have that. Now let's go really over the top. And we all, and that's how we all did. Wow. Now we got it. Now let's go over the top. And sometimes what you see is what over the top we played. Uh, yeah, but you know, you're saying about yeah, I played. I've played with actors that told me, "Listen, I was raised with the, with you as a bad guy. I've, you know, <laughs> many years you were the my favorite bad guy. Uh, so, uh, yes, you, when you've played that many bad guys, uh, uh, all of a sudden you were a generation. There were guys that were young, and that were a generation. You were part of that generation of the of their bad guys growing up. It, you know, Is that just I, like really, really I, lucky? Young actors." Telling me, oh, my father would say hello. He liked you very much. <laughs> you are the generation of the father. I said, okay, you were too young to watch those films. Do you consider that like really lucky typecasting, or do you actually seek out those villain roles because they're the the media no, ones? You know, I, you know, my career has been funny because you know I worked a lot in Europe, so I go back and forth all the time. So in Europe, I never played bad guys. So. <laughs> I didn't mind playing the bad guys here. So I had a career here where people knew me a lot of playing bad guys. And then I played good guys in Europe. So uh, completely different. Balances uh, it. <laughs> yeah, completely different films, you know, nothing, nothing never did the action movies in in, 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 in Europe. And I've worked in Portugal, in Spain, in France, in Italy, you know, but so it was, it really worked. Because one thing was playing the bad guy, the, the, the difference is the difference is that the American films are these studio films are distributed all over the world. Mm -hmm. So I get more recognized by the films that I've played bad guys than by the other films. Does that mean but, that Americans are always bad guys in European films? Like, is that just how it works? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but you know, foreigners are always bad guys in the, in, yeah. in the films. I think it's like a balance. Like I always imagine like in Russian cinema, right? Like we've always got Russians as bad guys, right? Like if, if I watch a Russian film, it's just always those dirty, dangerous Americans are just always the bad guys. <laughs> no, I wonder. I don't know. I don't see that many Russian films, but you mm. know. We'll cover them one day. We'll get to the, the Russian films. You, before we let you go, Joachim, I mean, you, you mentioned sort of like what you get recognized for. And we, we talk a lot about on this show with 24 that 24 had a very passionate fan base. And obviously, you know, you're on – a season 18 years ago, as we've said, the internet wasn't really a big thing back then. But did you ever kind of have much interaction with anybody who were big fans of 24? You've mentioned you were told you were one of the, their favorite villains. Is it something that is that pops up still like you were on 24? You know, it was funny. What happened at the time? Uh, people would stop me because they were people would make bets. 
about what would happen to the characters. Wow. Guys, there were fans that were betting. While they were watching, they were betting what would happen to the characters. So we couldn't talk about the characters at all because they... They, they, they had money on it. Guys, <laughs> no, there were a lot of, you know, it was... And I kept saying, what? What? They are betting or what happens to the characters? That's the weirdest bet I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, so... It, but 24 was the first time I really felt, because I hadn't done that much television. I had done some, but you know, not not like in a show that was that uh, well known and intensive. And it was it was really uh, surprising to see how people got hooked on sh- on certain TV shows. And I think 24 was one of the first show because also you could start uh, like binge because you could buy the whole season that got people really uh, attached to it, you know. And uh, as the first time I'd seen binge watching, because you, you couldn't binge watch before, because you didn't have, you know, you didn't have the, the whole show. So, hey, now we know, now it's very common for people to binge watch, because we get the, the season, you know, and every time, sometimes I do it so many times. I just, I did one, two, I, I just saw The Sinner, uh, I think I saw three seasons in uh, in a week. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. It's kind of it's, it's, it's started this dream. revolution, which is it's crazy because this is the thing, and then what the beautiful thing about Twenty Four is it's it, it is that real trend of like you watch an episode and it's like I've got to watch the next one now, right? Because it always ends on a on a cliffhanger. It's not just oh the case is solved off to the you know the the donut shop and we'll be back next week to see what the crew's up to. It's it's every episode, and and it was also the first show I think that if you missed an episode. Like and you came back two weeks later, you were kind of screwed. There was a lot to catch up on that you missed no, in one episode. No, you were screwed because yeah. it's not like soap opera where everything is it never changes, right? Yeah, everything changed there in two hours. It was a whole different world. Yeah, one week you're was, living happy yeah. with your brother, and then you've shot him, and you're getting blown up, and there's an English guy threatening the world. It's like, what happened to the Salazars? No, <laughs> Who's this English guy? There you go. If you didn't see episode eleven or twelve, you are. Yep. <laughs> You don't You're know what's happening. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Kim, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, chatting with you and reliving uh, everything to do with 24. Before I let you go, I mean, update us. What 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 have you got in the pipeline? What can we see you uh, on coming very soon? Well, I was I was listen. I was I, I have a ticket to fly to Brazil in a week. I was going to do a series there, and now they tell me Brazil is closing down. They don't want ah. me to get. Up, so uh, I think that's going down. I'm going to do in May. I'm going to to, to go back to do uh, season two of Warrior Nun. Great. Which I'm going back to play the Pope. Uh, they are. We have. We still having. I mean, this is the COVID times. I mean, we can't close contracts because we don't know. They don't know if we we, if we are able to start shooting in mid May. I mean, it's been so long. I mean, it feels like we already going shooting like the third or fourth season we could have been. So, uh, and then, you know, then I have uh, things in Europe to, to, to go. And so I, Hey, there's work is the problem is, can we shoot? Yeah, you know? exactly. I blame the Salazars. It's all because of the damn virus. It's a Cordilla virus all these years later. That's it's all your fault. <laughs> there, there you and that's go. why you're playing the Pope now because you're trying to heal the world. Like, okay. I was bad back then. Now I'm the Pope. <laughs> All right, guys, this was fun. And-
And a big thanks to Joaquim there. Should have mentioned, I never mentioned in any of that, Colin, that he is a Portuguese Golden Globe winner, which, I'll tell you one yeah. thing, if I was to aspire to win a Golden Globe, I'm going for the Portuguese Golden Globes. And you know what? There's no Canadian Golden Globes, <laughs> which is sad. Because <laughs> you just have the Junos, right? Um, <laughs> the Ju- the Ju- yes, the Music Awards, where we award movie and television roles for musicians. <laughs> I- I'm sure that Keeper Sutherland is a multiple Juno. Well, he's a singer. I- he could have won some. Keeper Sutherland. Jan Arden's done it all. Yeah. Um, Chad Kroger, has he ever acted? <laughs> He should. He could be a villain in New 24 season. I mean, Justin Bieber's acted. He was in CSI. He got shot. (laughs) Like, bring on Chad Kroger. Um, But we we obviously had a great great time there with Joaquim and a big thanks to him and to his management for allowing that to happen. Obviously, we're we're in the lead up. We're getting closer and closer to our 24 coverage. And we're going to have some more interviews for you. Now, I I am so excited for the next one. Can I just, I want to tease this, Colin Hilding, who we've got. They are from season one, which is very relevant because honestly, we're recording that at the time of kind of talking this. Uh, they were a very prominent person in season one. They were in the main cast of season one. So this is our first main cast member of 24 that we have spoken to. They may be very close to Jack Bauer. Very, mm-hmm. very close to Jack Bauer. They may also forget who they are at some point in this <laughs> season. <laughs> Uh, I do, of course, speak of Leslie Hope, a.k.a. Terry Bauer, yes. which is is so exciting because, you know, as I said, first main cast member that we're going to talk to. But, uh, I mean, without Terry, we don't kind of have Jack in how Jack turns out to be. And we're not yeah. spoiling why that is the case because we haven't done that. We don't want to spoil it before we get there. We might put a pre-spoiler warning on the Leslie Hope interview <laughs> that perhaps don't listen to it if you're not up to date with 24 season one. But uh, I'm very excited for to chat to Leslie. Yeah. And she's Canadian too, which is always exciting. Uh, with season one, it's interesting because uh, I feel like even if uh, season one isn't your all-time favorite season, I mean, anybody who is there from the beginning, I mean, that's the story you want to hear when the show started. What When did you know it would be what it was? Uh, but with her character specifically, she's great because Terry Bauer is the one character that you don't deem as being important to the show until the final moments of season one. And then... 10 years later, you go back and you can trace everything back to Terry Bauer's character. Like, it's such an important character, like you mentioned, for everything that's going to happen after that. And let's be honest, of all the Leslies, she's my favorite. Um, I'm not going to call her Leslie Mann, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Or Nielsen. (laughs) Or Nielsen. uh, You know, there's a few Leslies out there. But uh, no, in all seriousness, very, very excited. So stay tuned. That is uh, coming soon as well as some other exciting actors. I can't even get excited over one particular one because no one's heard our 24 coverage yet, so they don't understand why I would be so excited to speak to this person. (laughs) But when you hear our coverage, you will understand that this might be better than getting Kiefer Sutherland on the show. Let's just... Yeah, which is odd but uh, anyway but uh, no big thanks uh, again to Joaquin for his time and for you at home for listening plenty more to come as well as outside of 24 and everything else in between I'll say that my name is Ben and the following interview is taking place no longer because it is over Okay, so then I'll say my name is Colin and the preceding interview took place between the hours of whenever it started and whenever it ended. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out 
about how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.